0: Episode 42, The Purple Knight, originally posted August 27, 2018 I wouldn't really consider myself to be a serious video game player. Sure, growing up, I played a lot of games on my Nintendo Entertainment System. But I was never really good at most of them. Sucking at a game would, of course lead me to quickly losing interest and moving on to the next one. But I wasn't bad at everything, and those few games that I did excel in have remained favorites of mine to this day. One game I remember specifically was Batman the Video Game, released by Sunsoft in 1989. Looking back, it seems pretty odd that this particular video game made such an impression on me. First of all, I'm not the biggest Batman fan out there. Don't get me wrong, I like Batman, but I'm not a fan of dark, brooding heroes in general. I'm more of a Superman kinda guy. Case in point, I actually never saw the live-action movie starring Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson that this game was loosely based on. Secondly, as far as side-scrolling video games went, this one was kinda hard. As in, it took me forever to get past the first stage kind of hard. The main obstacle of this game was getting used to the way Batman moved and fought. For someone who played a lot of Super Mario Brothers, where the protagonists seemed to float in the air when they jumped, Batman felt like he had more weight to him, and he definitely didn't jump as high. And unlike other popular side-scrolling games of its day like Contra or Gradius, aside from the occasional Batarang or Bat Rockets, which were finite, his main offensive weapons were his fists, which meant getting close and personal with his enemies, most of whom moved pretty fast. These differences were definitely jarring and led to a lot of repeated deaths. But instead of giving up and moving on to the next game, I kept at it. Despite its different control and combat mechanics that took some getting used to, the game definitely had a lot of good going for it. First of all, it looked fantastic, as great as graphics could get in those days. And the gameplay was peppered with mid-stage cinematics that were definitely clunky by today's standards, but back then seemed state of the art. And I loved the music. Sure it was the standard 8-bit synth and sound fare, but it was catchy, easy to recall even today, and most importantly, it sounded cool. And although the game was technically a side-scroller, most stages require you to move up and down aside from left to right. The pace is also slower than most other side-scrollers, more methodical, allowing you to plot out your next move in many spots. More suitable for a Batman game. It's worth noting that Batman's usual tool for scaling buildings and vertical obstacles, his grappling hook, is not used in the game. Instead, Batman can literally climb walls, but not straight up one surface like Spider-Man would do it, but by jumping up in a zigzag pattern between two parallel vertical surfaces. This was very similar to the lead character from another game I was a big fan of, Ryu Hayabusa from Ninja Gaiden. All in all, this Batman game was pretty distinctive even compared to the other Batman games that came after it. But if there is one major difference that set it apart from other Batman games, it was Batman himself. Now through the years, Batman has had sported a lot of different looks, from his classic blue and grey suit from the cartoons, to his more predominantly black look in the live action movies. But in this video game, and only in this one, Batman was predominantly purple with blue skin. Now I can only speculate on the actual reasoning for this, but I figure that it was probably due to the limited color palette, or a way of making Batman easier to see amidst a pretty dark game. Or, although it's probably not the case, Maybe it was a callback to the musician Prince, who wrote the soundtrack album for the 1989 film, and it was mostly associated with the color purple. Who knows? Anyway, years later, American toy company NECA, best known for their action figures of popular and iconic movie characters, started a line of classic video game toys. This was mainly composed of repaints of figures already produced, sporting a limited color palette as a callback to their appearances in the 8 and 16-bit NES games. This was also a way for them to release unique versions of characters whose toy licenses belong to other bigger companies. This was the case for Batman, whose action figure license at the time was held by Mattel. So in order to release their version of Batman, Naka had to get creative. They managed to secure a limited license to produce a Batman figure based on the 1989 live action movie. This was released as part of a special Blu-ray package to celebrate the movie's 25th anniversary in 2014. But a few months earlier, in order to maximize the cost of their unique sculpt, they released the same figure as part of their classic video game line, repainted in all his purple glory. Like I mentioned earlier, since I never actually saw the 1989 movie, I wasn't really interested in the movie version of this figure. However, since I was a big fan of the original video game, I was sorely tempted to get this purple Batman. But I resisted for quite some time. I really had no interest in NECA's other 8-bit repaints, so no matter how good the figure looked, he really didn't fit into any of my collections, nostalgia or not. Fast forward a few years later, and I managed to cobble together a very small collection of my favorite video game characters. I got myself Link from The Legend of Zelda, Bill and Lance from Contra, Ryu from Ninja Gaiden, and Samus from Metroid. Yes, I know it's a rather random bunch. And it was about to get even weirder since now all of a sudden getting myself a purple Batman to add to this crew didn't seem too far-fetched. So in a moment of weakness when the opportunity arose for me to score one at a pretty decent price, I jumped at the chance. Okay, so full disclosure. I bought it from an online seller well known for selling KOs or knockoffs. So although he insisted it was legit, I have my doubts. Suspicions aside though. If it is a KO, it's a pretty good one that fortunately didn't fall apart in my hands. And he displays well with the rest of my video game crew, so that's good enough for me. There are so many factors that determine what toys we collectors end up buying. But probably the biggest one is nostalgia. The 1989 video game wasn't anything groundbreaking, but it was one that I enjoyed quite a lot, and one of the very few games I actually managed to finish, and as a result, has always remained special to me. And this was precisely the reason why I got this specific Batman figure despite how unusual he was. Plus, no matter what toys you collect, I believe there's always some room for some sort of version of the Dark Knight. Even if he is purple. So what random bits of nostalgia have driven you to get toys that you never imagined you would be getting in the first place? Let me know in the comments below and tell me your story. If you enjoyed this story, please click on the like button and subscribe to the channel to help me tell more. Until the next one.